this episode of The Full Nerd, live Alder Lake H Benchmarks. Welcome to this very special episode of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. On the left for audio listeners is Intel Dan Rogers. What's up, Gordon? Intel's not his first name. It's Intel's Dan Rogers. <laughs> Intel Dan Rogers. Uh, she doesn't have a mic, but off offset, uh, Kit is standing by to help me, and Adam Patrick Murray is uh, controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, hello. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you could join us here, Dan. Uh, it, it was really nice to have a, uh, a guest here in the studio, uh, and, and, nice. you, and you, brought, you brought some fun goodies. Uh, what, what, what do we got on the table here? Well, we didn't want to come uh, empty-handed here, Gordon, right? First time on the show, so... Uh, yeah, we've brought uh, we brought some new laptops from MSI. These are uh, close to final, uh, but pre-production builds. Um, GE seventy six uh, with our new twelfth gen core H series. Cool and um, I, I, w- internet. So we are basically live. We're on YouTube, a couple other uh, networks, and we're going to be broadcasting this live. We haven't done this before, but we're going to be running benchmarks uh, live. Which uh, let me tell you, live demos are. They are, you know, things go wrong sometimes. If something goes wrong, I trip and smash my face into the laptop, break the screen. <laughs> it happens. That's just part of the live world of liveness. But uh, we're going to be testing four, bent, four MSI GE76 Raiders with a 12th Gen Core i9-12900Ks. HK. HK. HK 12. H. Oh, H. God. Oh, HK. The Halo. Halo K, right? I learned that one from from Dan just a few minutes ago. Uh, so we're going to be t- testing four MS, uh, MSI G76 12th Gen. I'm going to say it again so I get it right. Core i9 12900HK laptops. They all have identical GeForce RTX 3080 GPUs in them. Um, I think they're spec'd up to this is the this is the new version of the GE76. So it's a little hotter TGP 175. The previous version was 165. Oh. Uh, I have actually looked at the, uh, I examined all of the PL1, PL2s, and TAUs on the laptops before. I have pictures of them on my phone. I have not committed them to memory, but uh, I know them. These are, of course, identical laptops. They are from Intel Labs. Um, and by the way, uh, other laptop makers, this is just simply what was in their lab. They brought these up. There are clearly more laptops coming from many, many other makers. This demonstration is to sort of give us a feel for how uh, 12th Gen Alder Lake is going to do because I have really high expectations because we are looking really sort of the first uh, Windows laptops to give us more than eight cores, right? So uh, that's not a test. Lots of firsts. Lots of firsts. And, you know, uh, so we're going to be testing. So uh, I want to give you some of the parameters. Uh, I basically requested a bunch of these different benchmarks. We're going to run these things. I understand that a lot of people go like, oh, well, you know, these are these are made up. They picked them. I actually picked them um, to give us sort of a feel because a lot of the benchmarks are there. So you can go up and, and look, we're going to be running, say, like uh, Cinebench because I know I do Cinebenching all day. That's the only thing I do with my laptop. <laughs> I did want to have that, but it's a good point of reference. Intel, of course, is not a huge fan of, you know, pushing Cinebench as a benchmark, but Again, I picked it, so we're going to run it. Uh, the benchmarks came on the laptops because we are saving time. Frankly, I think we could do the whole, well, you should have installed them yourself thing. But my feeling is, look, you're going to look at 
the performance you're going to see today on Alder Lake H, 12th Gen. The, you're going to note the numbers, screen cap them. When the reviews come out, compare them to what you see, right? Because I, th- I think like all things, you should always wait for reviews again in your hand. But but we are we are going to see how this chip performs today, and, and I'm super excited for it. In fact, last night I was running some uh, benchmarks so I can get comparisons for some of the other benchmarks. We have basically a uh, – we're going to run games on this one. We're going to be running uh, Procyon, uh, Web Expert, uh, maybe Crossmark. Uh, if there's time, uh, Geekbench, Cinebench, and Pujitbench on this one. These some of these take quite a bit of time, so we're we're running them on multiple laptops. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start running some of these so that we know, uh, and then maybe Brad or Adam can distract Dan while I'm trying to run these. <laughs> well, I, actually, I do have a quick question from uh, Air, Air Day. I'm shuffling. That's funny. Uh, are are we gonna be able to see uh, power numbers when using all cores? Uh, to, are we set up for that? <sighs> You know, we probably could. I didn't bring in a watt meter, but let me actually. This is the tell. Oops, sorry, I kicked the table already. <laughs> already, uh, you know, for the audio listeners, uh, and and no, we we don't have uh, huge fans blowing into the into the studio, uh, just trying to keep this place cool. It's just normal, you yeah. Know? Except for the the cool guy in the background, Brad. He's keeping things cool. Uh, and for your your power question, I, I just want to mention the uh, G seventy six comes stock with a two hundred and eighty watt power brick. That's actually the same power brick that was used in the previous version that used an 11th gen. I think it was also the same one that was used in the 10th gen laptop, too. So as far as your power consumption thing goes, we I didn't come set up for that. I'm sure we can wait for reviews on that. Um, we just wanted to, to get some some tests in. So Yeah, this yep. will be fun. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and, yeah, so the, the first benchmark, what, what, what do we have uh, going on here in, in the back? So in back, I am running a Puja Bench. This is, I think, uh, Premier 22. I took a look at it earlier. Premier 22.3.1, I think. I'm running the standard benchmark, which is sort of the default that a lot of people run. Uh, all three, so this laptop, that laptop, that laptop, they are running in hybrid discrete mode. The gaming laptop is actually set up in the you know your discrete mode only. So hybrid GPU mode there and discrete on this unit here. Nice. Fun. Uh, so, Dan, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So I have a question. So uh, we're about to see the proof in the pudding with these benchmarks, but I just wanted to ask you, uh, the thing that jumps out to me looking at Elder Lake compared to Tiger Lake is, one, there are so many more cores in general, but mm-hmm. two, these higher-end uh, SKUs drop down, like, not drop down, because the efficiency cores are there, but last gen they had the eight performance cores, and mm-hmm. this generation there's six in the high-end ones mm-hmm. married with all those efficiency cores. Uh, I was just wondering if you could talk about that decision, what kind of performance you expect to see out of these benchmarks Gordon's about to run from that. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great question. Um, it, it, it goes all the way back to what we shared at, uh, even our architecture day all the way back in, in August. Um, we've, um, we really had a goal this generation to, to significantly increase our, our, our performance per watt, our computational density, our overall throughput in the processor. And so when we were in the, the the earlier stages of the architecture, we 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 knew we had a major step forward with the with the new P core, uh, ten to twenty percent um, IPC and single threaded performance uh, per thread. 
Um, but we, we wanted to go even further. Uh, so there was this, this interesting idea, which has now become uh, performance hybrid architecture, as we, as we call it here in 12th gen, uh, to pack, uh, these, uh, these, these efficient cores, uh, four of them into a, into a similar power envelope in, in physical space on the die as a, as a single core. So this gives us a huge increase in, in throughput. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll have a nice look at that today here on the laptops. Uh, but it gives us a, a huge step forward in, in performance, uh, both ISO power and, as well as peak performance, and then it, it also opens up some uh, some interesting uh, software and program opportunities too, given the asymmetric nature of the architecture. So I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that too uh, as well later today. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's uh, you guys are the 12900HK is up to 14 cores and 20 threads. I see, so it's a it's a big step forward over last generation, actually. Yeah, and uh, j- just for audio listeners, Gordon is uh, feverishly setting up uh, all the benchmarks to run uh, while we're chatting here. Uh, one of them needs uh, internet. To uh, w- which one is that, Gordon? Yeah, actually, I changed my mind. I was, you know, because I we're so f- we're running on the on the one and back. We are running Premiere uh, Puget Bench. The one on the right, we are running Cinebench R23. The one here, I'm running Ashes of the Singularity, crazy preset, uh, 19 by 10 for people who know what that means, and. Uh, we're doing the CPU-focused one because um, from my long talks with Dan Baker uh, at Oxide Games, you know, it, the CPU one is supposed to throw more units at it. It's supposed to be a little more CPU-intensive than GPU-focused one. So we'll run the, the, the CPU one here. And then on the right, I am running UL's Procyon, which um, is I, – I, I love that benchmark because it gives you an idea of um, what people would actually do. So it actually runs Office, you know, Word, PowerPoint – uh, Excel and, and Outlook, and it basically does a bunch of real world. Uh, like if you can watch it, in fact, you can watch it run on the screen. It's going to do a bunch of. Is it running? Yeah. So it's going to do a bunch of stuff that's very very real world, like you would do if you were an office drone. And generally, I don't think it matters that much on a big powerful laptop on here. But I'm interested because I ran it last night on uh, 11th Gen and, and a Ryzen 9. And I'm, I kind of want to see how it's going to compare because, I mean, as much as everybody wants to talk about, you know, Cinebenching and all this other stuff, really sort of the real world, a lot of people do sit a lot in Excel and, and uh, in PowerPoint more than they're going to sit in their games. So. Uh, as, someone, as someone who does spend all day in a spreadsheet, I got to say, I don't love the term office drone. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Should I be offended, Gordon? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I'm not. I, I just funny because I, I just, I just like the idea of like, you know, we sometimes the the hardware community gets a little too into the weeds of things that are very esoteric. So my feeling is, you know, things like that. I mean, Microsoft Office, Microsoft does not have those big old shiny offices because they're not selling copies of Office, so they're they're making a lot of money. A lot of people are, are using them. In, I think it's just a very good reference point, but I just wanted to know. I was trying to plug in the internet because I was going to, I was getting like, oh, you know, because I was like, this is going to take 15, 20 minutes. That's going to take 10 minutes. This is going to take, I kind of wanted like an, an immediate gratification. I wanted to run Web Expert, <laughs> which I knew would take, you know, much less time, but yeah, it's good to take a broad look. Um, especially at Intel, we try to focus on uh, real world application based, uh, 
benchmarking and, and workflows relevant to what people actually do, including us. Uh, what was the term, uh, Gordon, now that you've uh, office? When, office drone? Okay. It really, and there's nothing wrong but, with that. Um, office drones uh, make the world go round. Uh, so, so, yeah, and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot going on in the architecture this generation. So we have two new types of cores. Um, the, the throughput, we'll see some of, some of the data here. The, the throughput gains will fairly straightforward to, to demonstrate. Um, but some of the more nuanced uh, performance improvements related to IPC from the P cores, so the memory subsystem, IO, et cetera. Like it, it's nice to take a broad look across uh, all applications. Uh, almost everything gets faster here with uh, 12th gen core. You know, that's actually something worth noting is, you know, not everybody pays that close attention to the specs, but all of these laptops, they're running DDR5. I because they have to be, right? Because it's, I mean, right. they don't have to be, but right. I imagine DD, at this DD, level. DDR5 here in the room, and we, we support actually all four uh, major memory technologies this generation. Okay. Right, that's right. You have all, the controller supports them all. But all it looks like all of the gaming laptops have gone for DDR, DDR5. In fact, I probably should, I'll, after this is done, I will record the clocks of the, of the DDR5, but, you know, clearly DDR5 is here. Everybody's announced support for it, so... We, we do have a, a funny question. Uh, B Maj says, wow, we get to watch Gordon work. It's like, take your nerds to work day. Uh, <laughs> watching you load up the benchmarks, that's, that's how it looks. Uh, we do have a, a good question from a Flash Photo. Uh, maybe we'll get to this later, too. But uh, has the IGPU improved on the 12th gen over 11th gen? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's um, it's similar IP to what we had in 11th gen with mm-hmm. uh, with, with Tiger Lake. Um with with a few key differences this generation, um, one is we've we've addressed our age series differently. Um, so we have a, a a single package rather than the the two chip solution we've had historically. So it's a single package. It's it's a bit of a, the best of both worlds between a, a more desktop derived solution and a mobile derived solution. And so at our forty five watt or our age series, we now have a full ninety six use Iris XE graphics in there. And uh, maybe it's a bit counterintuitive as well, right? Because you think, okay, in general, our H series is typically paired with uh, discrete graphics, either third party or now even with with Intel graphics uh, coming up here shortly. Um, but there's some interesting things we can do with the full 96 use. Um, there's some at Intel we use this term uh, deep link technologies to describe uh, the features we now have between the the integrated graphics and the discrete graphics, um, both for for 3D and encoding and even some AI use cases. Uh, so that's a pretty major change. And obviously, you know, systems that are that are using that iGPU uh, are going to see a huge speed up uh, gen on gen from the 32 to the 96. I actually tested, uh, I think, the first laptop with it last year, the Acer Swift 3X mm-hmm. uh, that had the Z Max in it. And things that take advantage of Deep Link really take advantage of Deep Link. Like, it's a big difference. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and the power sharing is, um, you know, Lisa shared some of this at, uh, at CES, but, uh, power sharing is also a, a pretty, a pretty new interesting capability that we can put when we have, uh, Intel on both sides of the link here. Um, we can take, uh, take advantage of the overall, uh, thermal capability of the chassis and then intelligently manage that on the fly with our, uh, DTT framework. Uh, so we do have one result. You know, this this is feeling like an election night. Like you're watching the networks. <laughs> uh, th- this just in. We got this first just result. in. We have our first result from uh, the uh, uh, Alder Lake laptop in the fifth district. And but this is so. I just finished running the CPU focused uh, Ashes of the Singularity benchmark on this uh, GE76 with the twelve nine hundred HK. I'm going to keep saying it till I remember it. <laughs> And the result uh, was 38.4. Uh, again, this is the CPU-focused version of it. I, and again, I'm. This is not. We're just. This is a preview. We're not going to sit down and run it to benchmarking standards of X amount of time and waiting. This is to give you an idea. But I am reaching down for some numbers from laptops I've tested. 
Uh, and I have, I, so this, we just saw a 38.4 acid of the singularity out of uh, Core i9 12900K with the uh, HK. HK. God, see, that's why I have to keep <laughs> saying it. And I will say for uh, a score that I generated on uh, ROG Strix G17 with the Ryzen 9 5900HX, 33, 33.6 was a score. It was a three-run average I saw with the same settings. Obviously, that was Windows 10. This is Windows 11. But I don't think it's going to change too much. I will try to update those benchmarks for you. But so that is 38.4 for the uh, Alder Lake system. And let's find a Tiger Lake score here. And I'm seeing I'm seeing a score of 33. I have two scores. I think I had to rerun it a couple times for uh, different configurations. But 33 or or 34 in the CPU focus score for Ashes of the Singularity. That's our first result. That's CPU focus, 19 by 10, crazy preset, uh, DX12. 15% or so. Oh, good. You can do that. I have to use a calculator <laughs> on the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Look at or that. ask my kids. What is that? Intel guy doing some math. <laughs> so, Not right. she did, honestly. I have a calculator. <laughs> right now we're actually running uh, the GPU focused one because a lot of people do uh, like to see the GPU focused uh but the CPU one is the one I'm interested in because, again, you're throwing more units at it, more physics. Technically, the faster CPU should be faster. I've kind of, you know, like, again, I'm looking at, what, 34 versus uh, 34 for Tiger Lake H versus 30, 33.6 for Ryzen 9. It was like, oh, this is kind of a date even. So 15%, I would say that's a win. We're... We're going to be calling that in the county. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that's definitely a notch for uh, in the CPU focus. And you're running 1080 here? Uh, yeah, 1080p uh, crazy preset, and it just finished uh, G, uh, the GPU focus. Uh, of, of course, we got the question, um, how, does, how does that compare to the numbers from the uh, Apple M1 MacBook? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually just ran Ashes of the Singularity last night on an M1 Max, and I got zero. Oh, <laughs> oh whoops. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Uh, we do have a, a question from, um, oh, Air Day, I'm shuffling again uh, with a, another uh, battery power related thing. Uh, what are the sizes of the batteries in the laptops? And what do you expect for better battery life to be around for these types of laptops? Yeah, these are 99. So these are maxed out uh, largest battery capacity uh, you could put into a notebook. Um, you know, in general systems like these, like we're benchmarking here today, like these are really built for for AC performance. These these are these are chasing the oh, yeah. absolute greatest possible performance that you can put into a notebook, <laughs> um, which for me is like kind of awesome about the industry and about the and about the uh, the, the PC uh, business in general. Right, we have a wide array of different design points out there. Uh, here we're looking at absolute best performance um, in in these chassis here, um, but the architecture is built to scale, um, so we can operate very efficiently down at lower uh, PL ones or lower TDPs, uh, down to thirty five watts with H series. Um, so we'll also expect some really nice uh, thin and light systems. Uh, Gordon and I were chatting earlier. It's it's pretty amazing actually if you see some of the announcements from CES what uh, what uh, our, our partners are capable of now thermally in these systems, achieving very very thin uh, Z. Even with uh, with both a twelfth gen core H series as well as its discrete graphics, nice. um, uh, yeah, actually, and th that was one of the new things is that now there's three different uh, series 
uh, correct? Uh, and and why why break it out into a, a third series? And, and where does that fall? Yeah, we have an H series. Yep. Uh, for lar- largely for gamers and creators, also professional workstations, engineers, and so forth. And um, an H series really provides the best performance for those really intensive use cases. Um, in in general, like th- these are gaming systems, um, and and twelfth gen core is really amazing for gaming. Um, up to twenty eight percent faster gameplay, even with the same GPU from twenty twenty one as the data we shared. So that'll get even faster, of course, with uh, with with the updated uh, discrete graphics. Um, but yeah, we have we also are introducing uh, for the first time uh, a P series. Uh, 20 to 28 watts. And uh, this is um, not an entirely new category. We started with uh, 28 watts actually several generations ago, um, but we haven't seen a ton of traction in the market there. Um, but for a variety of reasons, which we, we can get into as to why we created that, um, uh, we, we, we saw this this opportunity to put a real high performance 14 core part into a real thin and light uh thin and light chassis primarily with with integrated graphics uh 13 inch 14 inch screen sizes and so forth so yeah that's that's another exciting aspect of the product line this generation okay uh and then of course there's the u line at the, at the bottom end where i know we're talking about performance here but you know yeah i'm sorry not bottom end but at the uh <laughs> low the power real thin and light end yeah, right. And we have our traditional, uh, both a Type 3 package and a Type 4 package all the way down to 9 watts. And some nice. some cool form factors coming there, too. You may have seen some some foldable announcements and so forth uh, uh, from our in partnership with our Evo team. Uh, we, we do have a, a question from, or a, a super chat from J.W. Dickinson. Thank you so much. Uh, $5. Uh, and said, uh, why did using an M at the end of a product denote... Uh, that to note that it was a mobile part become so taboo. Why why not just call this the twelve nine hundred M? Twelve nine hundred. You know. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, always fun with letters. I, I like H. It's uh, it's uh, mobile Halo. It's been it's been that way uh, sort of classically for many years. Um, so that's that's the what the H is meant to to represent. And um, and then we have uh, P for performance thin and light twenty watt, and then our our U series ultra thin and light. I, I will say uh, I saw this on, on the 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 live stream because we we did like a, a live reaction video. Uh, Gordon and I did during CS last week, and uh, and w- when they first mentioned the P series, I thought they were just uh, chips with just the performance cores uh, mm. in them. That's uh, I, I got a little confused, but that's not the case. Yeah, it's a bit different strategy for mobile uh, than maybe what you've seen on the that subside. So so almost uh, all of our processors have uh, the combination of both the the P cores and the E cores together. Uh, and I just want to point out, I, we got a second result in from Cinebench oh, oh. R. Why do they always push on the air whenever the, they're doing the news? They got to really hear it. So we have a Cinebench R23 result from the uh, the Core i9-12900HK laptop back there. It's your favorite game, Gordon. Yeah, and it's my favorite game. We know everybody loves to do Cinebenching all day. That's the only thing I care about is is running Cinebench. That's 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 basically. <laughs> The only thing you need to do to get your job done. So the score, uh, one run, and again, Cinebench R23 is a default 10 minutes stress test, as they call it, 15,000. And I'm going to pull up some numbers I have from previous tests. Again, these are Windows 10 uh, uh, scores, but it shouldn't matter too much in Cinebench. And let's look for a... For... Eleven nine eighty. So, uh, a, 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 a Core i nine eleven nine eighty HK Intel's previous top end chip in a similar, actually, GE seventy six. In fact, uh, thirteen thousand one hundred nine. And this was fifteen thousand straight. Fifteen thousand. In fact, it's like no, no one, no, no, no five. Just fifteen thousand. Or right, what's the math, Dan? Hurry. 
Let's see. I'm going <laughs> to cheat this time and use a calculator. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, you could have played it off like you were counting on your fingers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's 15,000. And, and then also, um, of course, probably more importantly for some folks down in Santa Clara, Ryzen 9 5900HX in an Asus ROG G17. Um, 13538. So 13538, uh, basically uh, 13109 and 15,000 for Alder Lake. It's a pretty high frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big jump. Uh, we do have a, a, a clarification. Somebody was asking uh, uh, are these 3080 TIs? Uh, no, they're, they're just straight 3080s, correct? Uh, yeah, prior gen 2021. Um, same, uh, Gordon, you mentioned you have some Tiger Lake data. So same same GPU that we had with uh, with 11th Gen H series. So yeah. it provides kind of a nice uh, benchmarking opportunity here to see uh, the the more CPU driven side. And then, of course, many many of the systems, um, most of the systems will ship with the updated uh, discrete graphics. Thank oh, you. you know, that actually, I, I do want to point out, this is the one caveat is um, these drivers are not final. Correct. Clearly, there are new products that will be coming out very, very soon now. These drivers are not final, so... It's a pre-production laptop. Pre-production laptop just gives you a good idea of what it is. I'm actually doing the second run of Ashes of the Singularity over there. I'm doing the single-threaded run, and actually, I just I just saw that Pusha Bench finished already. Wow, that was that was pretty good. Oh, this just in. We, we, have, we have numbers from... Uh from Pooja Bench. Uh, do you have a, while you're looking at that, Gordon, do you have a question, another one from friend of, show, friend of the show, Flash Photo, uh, is asking, uh, is USB 4 supported uh, in 12th Gen? Yeah, it sure is. Um, and, uh, and, and and Thunderbolt 4. Uh, Thunderbolt 4 being the um, the, the best-in-class uh, connectivity solution. So we have four four full Thunderbolt 4s, 40 gig each, all supported um, on, on all of the, the the mobile processors, so for, also for the H-series, um, which is a, a massive amount of connectivity, uh, 40 gig <laughs> yeah. each, and they're all straight to the fabric, so you can you can push uh, quite a bit of bandwidth through. If you have multiple monitors, discrete, um, you might have even external discrete graphics or SSDs, uh, you can build a pretty power uh, power rig here with, uh, with 12th gen. Yeah, I was actually I was excited to see both all those Thunderbolt four connections because that's pretty awesome. But also that uh, Wi Fi six E is standard for you guys now because we've seen all these Wi Fi six E routers come out last year. We've seen a bunch at CES, uh, but you need devices that actually use it to take advantage of it, and it's going to be standard in these new H class laptops. Yeah, I think. yeah, I think we it's it's like the year of six E or it's like go time for six E now for sure. Um, we we we've had it in in, uh, in earlier generations. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of key changes. So it's now um, natively supported in software, which obviously is a huge deal. As you mentioned, the yeah. um, the the AP availability is is significantly increased now. So so the the whole industry is rallying around six E, and in in our twelfth gen core, we have uh, integrated um, the 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 digital logics actually integrated to the chipset. So almost all of our uh, our twelfth gen H series designs will will feature Wi Fi six E this generation. Wow, that's fast. <laughs> Uh, and somebody was asking about uh, PCIe five. Um, the that's a, yeah, that's in, I'm interested to hear about that too. Actually, go ahead. Yeah, where is it? Is that the? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you uh, you guys said that basically uh, this is basically PCIe five compliant, but there's nothing to test with, so it's rated as PCIe four, right? 
Yeah, the the architecture is there, uh, so it's it's uh, somewhat shared with desktop. Although the uh, the bus width is a bit different um, by sixteen versus by eight here on the uh, on the mobile products. Uh, so yeah, actually the technology is there. I'd, I'd love to have it, um, but uh, you know, when in, in the end, um, we're we're just we're sort of early. We're really leading this uh, this IO transition, mm-hmm. and we we just had on the mobile side just no attach. So uh, you know, both from a validation and a marketing point of view, it would have been a bit strange to be marketing something with a zero attach. Um, sure. So we'll be ready. <laughs> for the ready for the next generation uh desktop of course is uh, is different right supported on the desktop and of course on a desktop you get that that end user uh configurability and upgradability so makes sense to continue su- the support there uh and i just want to point out i just got back uh the second run ash of the singularity basically very similar to the previous one um within the margin of error we're looking at basically 85 frames a second and i am seeing a score of Basically, we're within the margin, 86 frames a second for an 11.980HK. That's Ashes of the Singularity DX12 mode, crazy preset uh, GPU-focused. And for, although uh, in fairness to AMD, I have not seen a high-wattage TGP-based Ryzen 9. They are very rare, but you're looking at maybe 75.7 is what I'm showing, and a 65.3 for a if, with the Radeon, but um, I, you know, again, I, I think it's it's mostly when you're doing GPU focus, it is is mostly GPU uh, heavy. But uh, so higher wattage GPUs generally help, and I guess the marginal difference in this one test is not enough because you're looking at 100, 175 watt TGP in this, also pre-production drivers uh, versus you know 165 in the previous generation. So yeah, basically. GPU a thirty eighty is a thirty eighty. Just be got. Just be happy you got one. That sounds like this, the story. So, uh, so I have I have a question about uh, the PCIe compatibility. So yes, sure. PCIe four point SSDs. That's what you guys officially support. Uh, but if it's actually PCIe Express five point compliance, uh, if PCIe F- Express five SSDs do come out, would it theoretically run at PCIe Express five speeds if you plug it into one of these laptops? Uh, not external. Uh, no. So we, we've okay. actually, we're, we're, we're spec'd at, uh, at four. Um, okay. uh, you'd also be stressing the IO there considerably. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, we'll be ready for, we'll be ready for the, for the next generation, uh, internally integrated when, when it's ready in the industry. Okay. Uh, also KW points out that, uh, that, uh, PCIe six, uh, just got announced. <laughs> when, when can we have that? Um, <laughs> Long time from now. <laughs> right. Yeah, ha- haven't studied PCIe uh, six myself, uh, but uh, we can check with the IO team. Uh, but we we do have a good question from uh, PC World's own uh, Mark Hockman. He's he's uh, in the chat. Uh, he says a Thunderbolt dock uses only one single Thunderbolt four connection, uh, which can connect to a display or two plus external storage or IO. Uh, what do we need four for? Uh, sure. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's partly um, partly to support just the wider wide range of configurations. So of of course, yeah, that's one of the really neat things about Thunderbolt is you can daisy chain and and you can drive that. But you you, you may need more than that forty gig on a, on a single connection. So that that's that's one reason. And then um, you know the. There's many things you can do. So you may have your, for example, you may have a, a, a mouse attached or some kind of peripheral attached on one port. You may have power attached on on the next one, and then a monitor and so forth. So um, it's it's up to the uh, up to the partners to decide what makes sense for their their design goals. How many they how many of these uh, these Thunderbolt ports they express. 
Oh, okay. Uh, and then I, I've done I've done my own dabbling uh, here on the channel with uh, eGPUs. I, I don't use one regularly, but it's it's fun to, yeah, to kind of test out and, and, and look into because it's, you know, the idea of being able to have a discrete part is awesome. The problem is usually bandwidth. I did some testings between a 10th gen and 11th gen, uh, and there was a nice uptick there. What's what's the uptick uh, in, in 12th gen? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's a similar uh, similar to to eleventh gen uh, oh, okay. Thunder, Thunderbolt four, so it's a it's a similar specification. There is some under the hood, uh, some small improvements uh, uh, to ba- to bandwidth and um, in the way that it's implemented this generation. But but by and large, it's it's similar to our to our eleventh gen. Okay. Um, with with the big difference in the H series that it's it's a bit more of a mobile like implementation like we've had in our in our U series traditionally. So hmm. now we have that that common implementation for the four controllers directly on the fabric. Thanks. Awesome. Gordon, what do you got? Uh, I was going to ask, uh, ask a question. I'm actually now running Far Cry New Dawn. Um, I was going to ask a question, uh, obviously, because, you know, people are going to see four MSI laptops here. How many laptops are we going to be seeing 12th gen in? I'm just giving him a softball because <laughs> I understand that partners want to be mentioned, too, so. Uh, it's a lot. Um, we have uh, over a hundred uh, H series uh, laptops coming to market. Twelfth gen H series based laptops, um, and we're moving it uh, at a blazing pace here. Um, we really set twelfth uh, gen or all the like. We we set this up um, enthusiasts first. So both both from the architecture and the way that we're coming to market, um, we wanted to we wanted to really address uh, the enthusiast uh, community. So we are we are first coming with our on the mobile side with our twelfth gen of course desktop but then twelfth uh, gen H series and we're ramping out extremely fast and demand is very strong and we're building uh, we're building for a success right now so there's there's a really huge pipeline coming into the market here in Q1 and you'll start to see you know seen some of the announcements you'll start to see pre-orders towards the end of this month and and then market availability Feb into March. Um, and then overall, uh, of course, uh, another interesting aspect of 12th gen is we have the entire product line here announced, right? We announced uh, the, the U-series, the P-series, the H's. So overall, we have over 350 mobile laptop designs uh, globally coming to market across all different segments, um, different form factors, thin and light to gaming, uh, corporate and consumer designs, and, and different operating systems as well. Yeah, you guys really just sort of hit with every single cpu ever at ces it feels like everything from 50 dollars celerons all the way up to yeah um it it's sort of uh sort of an undertone i think it's you know for us on the on the engineering side and on the product side it was a it was a key part of the program for us right it doesn't necessarily show up in a in a spec sheet or in a in a news in a news bite but um we 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 really wanted to crank up the the execution intensity here this generation and get the get the entire machine of intel working at 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 a full clip um so I, i think you'll see that in the market this year Nice. Uh, we we do have a question about pricing on these laptops. Uh, obviously, that's that's uh, an MSI thing. You, you wouldn't happen to know uh, pricing. Yeah, I'll <laughs> defer to my friends at, at MSI. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. So you know. I charge too much for them, to be honest. You know, but, uh, <laughs> they're pretty fast. You know, there, there's always always questions about it, right? Um, and then uh, no, go go ahead, Brad. Speaking of pretty fast, uh, I was wondering, do you know much about this Intel Double Connect feature? Uh, I find that idea pretty interesting. I was wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. It's a it's a newer newer feature here on the on the Wi Fi side. So it's it's built off of our uh, our killer uh, Wi Fi solution. 
And uh, Double Connect allows you to leverage the the multiple uh, bands that you may have in your home. So if you have uh, five and six uh, with 6E, you can yep. use your use your 2.4 and Double Connect will actually it can do a variety of things. So it can actually sort of optimize the the, the traffic placement. So if you're playing a game, you can put the the real high priority gaming packets on the on the five or the six. And then you can run everything else off 2.4. So you get that nice quality of service and really low latency. Um, you know, Wi-Fi gaming is kind of an interesting topic. Uh, latencies have become pretty impressive. So if, if, if you have, um, you can get pretty close to Ethernet-like uh, latencies. It's, not, it's obviously not all the way there. Um, but if you, if you look at where Wi-Fi was just a few generations ago, like there's, there's really been a pretty impressive uh, improvement in latency over the years. And, and Double Connect just takes that to the next level. Um, and then even you know, in, your, in your home network, you could, you, Double Connect also allows you to marry the 2.4 with the 6, and you can actually just get like 3 gigabit or something like in, in, inside of your house if, as well. So yeah. a pretty neat feature yeah, here a- with 6E. That sounded pretty interesting to me because that sounds similar to what you can do if you have uh, an enthusiast router and you can adjust quality of service and all that stuff. But not everyone has that. A lot of people just rock their ISPs routers. So yep. have something like that built in seems seems really good if you're gaming over Wi-Fi. Uh, I just want to point out, I got another score oh, for another Far score Cry. In. Here we go. Although I'm, I'm doing the second round of it, but we're going to do, so we ran Far Cry New Dawn. Is this Oklahoma reporting, uh, Gordon? Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma. We have results from Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, Precinct 5, uh, this is again, uh, 19, uh, 1920 by 1080. It's 1080p. Um, oh, set to Ultra. So that's the Ultra preset. And I saw, let me look at my notes here. We saw a score of oh, that's Cinebench. It really is just like election. Uh, average score of uh, average frame rate of 123 in Far Cry New Dawn set to ultra 1080p. For comparison, uh, again, uh, these previous numbers were generated on a, um, a Windows 10 laptop. Uh, probably isn't going to change that much. Doesn't magically make it any better or worse. Uh, for a GE76 with a 165 watt TGP part, uh, Core i9 11980HK. I'm seeing 110 frames a second. Actually, two different two different laptops. In fact, one was a little hotter on the GPU, one was a little hotter in the CPU. But the score was 110, and the Core i9 12900HK. Look, I got it right. 123. It's a nice bump. That is a very nice bump for Far Cry. Um, and I and I also going to compare uh, an AMD score, and I'm going to of course read off the caveats that uh, Far Cry is one of those games that hasn't run the best on some uh, AMD CPUs. And also the laptop I had had, a, I think, 130-watt TGP um, GPU, but 83.7. So uh, it really is. With a hotter GPU, it would get closer, but I'm not sure it's going to get to 123 frames a second. So, But we'll see. you got to wait for results. But again, that is a Far Cry New Dawn Ultra 1080p, 123 frames a second for Alder Lake. Nice. Uh, we, we do have a, a $5 super chat. Uh, thank you so much from uh, Sabi Shito. Uh, and we, we actually get uh, a question like this often. Uh, I just got a GE76 uh, with a 12th gen, or I'm sorry, with 11th gen in early 2021. Is it completely useless now? Um, cer- certainly not useless. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd be happy to take one of those home. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, that was actually our favorite gaming laptop last year. So yeah, yeah, good, it was. Well, it was the uh, 
it was the best uh, gaming uh, laptop uh, processor there, the 11th gen uh, Core i9. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're excited what 12th gen does on top of that. Um, it takes it takes a big step forward uh, through the core architecture um, for gaming, certainly, but uh, many applications as well. So we got to let all the states here report in. So, well, speaking of which, we, we have somebody in here really excited for the Geekbench score, Gordon. Uh, you know. Yes, yes. Actually, that's the most important score here, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we got a uh, $6.66 uh super chat from lucifer uh said finally caught your show live you guys rock gordon for president 2024 uh thank you no no, no question just a fun comment uh good to see you in front of the show well actually i i do have a very very important result to report here we Uh, we just as we know the one of the rich electoral states that has the the very high we know how much just how important cinebench r23 is to the world uh this is a single-threaded, uh, single, single-threaded result from Cinebench R23, uh, 1892. Oh, great year, 1892. Just kidding. <laughs> and let me see what I have for reference here. So I'm going to pull up a... It is actually really nice that you have the 11th gen version of the same exact laptop uh, already tested, too. So. so I'm showing 1590. I have two scores, two different laptops, uh, 1590 and 1623. So versus 1892. That that for single-threaded performance. Again, we are talking single. So that Dang. is, of course, the goodness of the Alder Lake P cores, right? They are IPC. Whew. And uh, just for reference, um, generally use spec for IPC measurements often at Intel. No, so, no, uh, no. You just that's IPC is a little more is, complicated to run. Uh, so uh, it, let's see for a Ryzen. I'll just read off some other scores because this is actually a very. This actually is very. I know we joke about Cinebench, but single-threaded performance in Cinebench is actually probably more useful than the, the multi-threaded performance. But um, at least it gives gives you you know closer to what people use. But um, a right. I'm just going to rattle off some scores for us. Well, that's probably too small. So we're going to look at a, a Ryzen nine fifty nine hundred HX and a, and a seventeen inch laptop fourteen sixty eight. A, 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 a Core i7 11800H, 1502. And that was a, you know, pretty thick, beefy laptop. But, you know, clearly 1890 I, is probably, you know, that's that's a that's a very decent single-threaded performance uh, increase. IPC, you're right. It's all about the IPC there. Hmm. That's very impressive. You yeah. mentioned spec. Uh, go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to maybe highlight it's, it's actually... Uh, it's a it's a challenging engineering problem too to, to have such a large increase in IPC and build such a such a large core a high performance core and and not uh, not have any frequency degradation. So it's a big uh, big accomplishment from the team to keep the clocks uh, to keep the clocks similar so you get the full entitlement of that uh, that IPC gain. You know, and it's it's interesting too because it feels like you know with some of the design you know we're not getting into the heavy heavy duty like you know. Is Ian calling into the show? Today? Yeah, Ian will. <laughs> but it just—I I sometimes feel like you sort of have to design a CPU for that something that gives you sort of that very much. Most of what people do is single-threaded, but you really sometimes do need that that throughput, as they like to say these days, of of, of all those cores, right? That the core density. Yeah, and I think. We, we've tried to build our portfolio to address the different needs of different users and different segments. So, um, you know, definitely at the top end, you, you want to have that raw horsepower, incredible levels of uh, 
you know, computational density. You can pick your phrase throughput. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that d- definitely there's a th- there's a really important role for for a more tailored solution. And our um, our ten core, our two plus eight, I think I think represents that uh, nicely. Uh, where yeah, you'll, there'll, there'll certainly be some increase in multi thread performance, but it, but that that configuration is largely there to actually to offer great quality of service for the one and two thread cases. Uh, so and previously with a four core configuration, you, you know you do get into situations where you have non performant work. You may have some background tasks or some other stuff happening on your PC concurrently, and you get some SMT contention. So the 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 two plus eight configuration or that fifteen watt configuration is is nice for those usages. You you can really maintain a high level of uh, responsiveness and quality of service on your your performant threads, uh, one and two thread. Yeah, I was kind of wondering kind of where that's going to play because I I was really kind of frankly shocked that the 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 fourteen core P's were going into pretty thin laptops. So Some the interesting u- announcements from CES. Though. Yeah, very interesting. I. I'm guessing use would be even smaller, or I'm trying to figure out what that is, or like even more ultra mobile. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, use traditional. So, um, so certainly, there's uh, thin and light laptops are extremely important to us. Um, it's a big part of our Evo program. Uh, great battery life and high levels of responsiveness. Um, the the P is is a bit different this generation. That the the twelfth gen P series. It's it's allowing us to to put really an enthusiast grade chip and levels of performance into that that thin form factor. And uh, there's there's kind of a few trends happening in the industry, I think, that are relevant for that. One is that, um, you know, we're sort of uh, trying to make our integrated, make the uh, entry-level discrete a bit less relevant. So in many cases, uh, many of our partners, you know, the, the, an integrated, a pure integrated solution is can offer really nice uh, 1080p gameplay and, and gives you a pretty good solution there. So there's additional thermal capability in in the in the chassis, so you can you can simplify and get a get a nicer design and, and keep the the overall system power in that 20 to 28 or even 35 watt range. Um, so that that's that's one uh, one trend that's going on, and also of course just the the great engineering work that uh, our partners is doing on thermals. Um, we can we can pack really a a pretty impressive amount of performance into really thin form factors. So it's a, it's a testament to the uh, to the thermal mechanical engineers. Do you? I kind of wonder. Um, is for the uh, God? I was gonna. I just. I just. My brain just kind of like broke there for a second. So um, <clears throat> we're talking about thermals. You're talking. God, I'm really. It really is okay. I'm gonna ask about thermals now because I'm just gonna shift because I can't remember what I was thinking about 25 <laughs> seconds ago. Sorry. Um, I do want to mention the thermals on these. Uh, Pretty much the cooling on all the laptops is the same, but one difference between this version of the 12th gen uh, GE76 Raider is they do use a, a um, phase change thermal pad on there. So they're saying that they get a decent uh, performance boost. And that that's why when you said thermal engineering, because uh, I think the interesting thing of driving to thin laptops and, you know, honestly, this is today's thick fat laptop and this before would have been a thin laptop but it's just interesting that you know the all of the pc oems and odms now really have to like they're they're challenging themselves in cooling right and they're sort of that's the only way they can sort of differentiate themselves uh, than before i mean i i think we talked about this earlier it's almost it's almost like racing where you know with with uh, people don't understand this about racing but oftentimes they come up with a bunch of rules for racing and then all of the car companies have to to like okay these are the rules for this year and they sort of restrict them to force them to to make better products but with more restrictions and it's kind of like what we're seeing with uh, the laptops these days yeah and for for us on the mobile team uh which is where i live um 
you know, our, our role is to help our, our partners build great systems that people love and, and, uh, and, and, and enjoy, right. And enrich their lives or, you know, make their, their usage models or their workflows inc- incredibly fast. So that, that's what we're here to do. Um, and there's, to me, what's, what's really distinctive and, and interesting and fun about the PC industry is you just get this incredible, incredible range of capabilities. Um, and you know, they're different, right? They're not, I don't think it's about you know this system or that system, but th- there's different there's different options for different different usage models and different types of users. You know, here we're showing one, right? This has a very specific purpose, um, but we have like as I mentioned, we have over a hundred H series designs, and we'll see we'll see lots of interesting form factors, like very thin, very very performant. Um, it's uh, it's a it's a great time for the industry. It's going to be a great year. Yeah, and I, I definitely not to hammer it too much, but sometimes people sort of always think the one thing that they want is what the world wants. But that's the great thing about the PC is you, you can get anything, you know, it's, it's never us to think that though. It's somebody well, else. That so, thinks somebody that. else thinks that, but, uh, but I mean, to be able to, if you can get multiple screen, you know, you can get two screens in your laptop. You can go with this vent vendor, a vendor B super light, super heavy, super powerful. I mean, you, you, you can get it all. So that's, it's, it's what the PC is about, right? Choice, yeah. yes. innovation, performance, yes. flexibility, configurability. Yeah, and then the, and the competition is to me the exciting thing because there will be competing vendors that will have similar gaming laptops, and they're going to dig up something totally different, you know. And and it's it's just awesome. Whereas it's difficult as the uh, the hardware provider, though. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I believe no. that. So that's that's something that uh, you know we're 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 kind of proud of with uh, with twelfth gen is we wanted to best support that diversity. Um, in, in the architecture and all at the same time, uh, which is why we have, um, you know, it looks, it looks maybe a little unusual on paper too. We have all four major memory technologies supported here, DDR4, uh, LP4, DDR5, LP5. Um, this is very difficult, right? Our validation teams have put an enormous <laughs> amount of work to make that happen. You can imagine the number of boards and configurations and so forth that we, we have to, to check that all out. Um, but, it, but it's really important because we, we need to support that massive design base in the ecosystem them um from a foldable all the way up to uh to you know what you see here today on the on the desk right no and there's you know ddr4 and lp ddr4x they may not be as fast as ddr5 lp ddr4 5 but definitely there's a cost issue so i mean i guess that this sort of speaks to how you had to scale this park for the world because you're building a ship that people can put everywhere right right and for us on the 12th gen team we, we didn't want to have anything left behind you know no no exceptions like this or in, incomplete support right we wanted to roll out the entire the entire lineup all this year right at the beginning of the year uh and address this uh this wide range of form factors with our partners okay uh i'm just going to read off a couple benchmarks because uh first <laughs> more benchmarks in the, some more benchmarks are in Geekbench is it here uh, no, this is also, uh, it's one of the big states, one of the big states, a lot of ele- electoral, whatever they call them. Uh, what do they call them? I can't Electors? remember. Electors. Electors. I, I can't remember. Uh, this is Cinematchar 20 single threaded. Uh, again, this is a Core i9-12900HK MSI. Uh, a single core performance, single threaded, uh, 726. So let's, let's, let's uh, compare that. I dig into the past numbers. Where are my R20 uh, while we're numbers? doing that, we we have a, a general, a couple general, general Intel related questions. Uh, okay. We got uh, seven euros from Ivanol. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, said, uh, w- will Intel ever be in the the console gaming space? 
Uh, I can't comment yeah. on that one myself. Uh, <laughs> on that one. I'm sure it's a, you can tweet at Raja maybe, uh, would be a good way to go on that one. But, uh, uh I'm, I'm, uh, I'm firmly yeah, ignored by Gen Lance. <laughs> uh, we do have a, another question from uh, PC World own, uh, PC World's own Mark Hockman. Uh, it says, what changes, if any, do you expect for Intel's client computing group under Hothouse's leadership as opposed to, uh, uh, Gregory Bryant, uh, in, in, Where's uh, Gregory Bryant going? Sure, Mark is going to talk about his. Dan's going to talk about his boss. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't run his LinkedIn. I, I can confirm that. Um, but yeah, I, I've had the privilege of working for GB in, in different capacities. Actually, in sales uh, earlier in my career, and and uh, now in the in CCG. So um, yeah, sad to see sad to see GB go. But you know, we're, we're really excited too about the about the new leadership and direction of uh, direction of the client business. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a great year for the PC, right? We've had some major announcements, uh, as, as you all saw at, at CES and, and we're, we're really excited about what we're bringing to market. Nice. Uh, Gordon, you have the, the numbers then the, the yeah. previous numbers. So we have uh seven 26 for Cinebench R20. Uh, for comparison, uh, previous numbers I've generated on a GE 76 with a 11980 HK, 625, 621, uh, you know, three runs uh, averages for those. So that's, that's pretty good. That's an increase. Uh, and then, of course, you know. Noticeable increase. The nice thing is when you use, and you're looking at, say, like a, a two-and-a-half-year-old laptop, uh, you know, a, a tenth, you know, a tenth gen, uh, 469 is what I've seen out of an i7. And then for, uh, of course, uh, AMD is in here. Uh, Ryzen 9 5900HX. Oh, sorry, that's a G15. In the well, it's very similar anyway. In the G17, ROG Strix G17 Ryzen 9 5900HX 572 versus 726. In Cinebench R20, but but Geekbench, we we have somebody in the chat really waiting for Geekbench. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the most important one ever because that's that's the one you can immediately go to Twitter and and scream about. We actually do have a, a question from uh, Peter. Uh, any comment on the expected real time latency performance for digital audio workstations uh, with twelfth gen thread director for hybrid CPUs versus non hybrid CPUs through the Thunderbolt? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. I am, I am not an expert on that topic. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. We'll have to have our lab team check that out. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I de- definitely do understand it as an audio guy, uh, that, that is one thing that, uh, usually doesn't get benchmarked, uh, through, through, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of the reviewers because it's, it's different. It's a little esoteric. Uh, but, but it is important to, you know, uh, uh and, and definitely a, a different kind of load than just a, a gaming or a, uh, a rendering bench so so i that, that touches off another question i had actually uh so obviously intel's thread directors and windows 11 mm-hmm. how important is all that to all this performance because as you were saying there's so much more complexity with the mixture of performance and efficiency cores and all that should we expect to see most of these laptops come out with windows 11 like how much of, of, of a difference does that make yeah, we sh- we should, and uh, certainly benchmarking doesn't completely capture that. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, when we're running um, an an end threaded benchmark that's perfectly symmetric, exactly the same works being run on on each of the cores. Um, right, there's there's no role even for um for for thread director in that. Right, we're just a, we're just sort of showing the. The, the the throughput capabilities of the machine, but in reality, right, you're, this isn't what you're doing day to day. This isn't the way that the PC is working at, at any given moment in a workflow. So, uh, 
in in the in the real world operation, right? Thread directors is working seamlessly with the operating system to to put the the right work on the right core at the right time, and you know it's maybe maybe one point of um, of confusion or you know some some further clarification I can provide on that uh, that you know our, my friend Guy and the performance team was educating me on uh, throughout the years. Um, you know, it's easy to think about that in kind of a static sense of oh, this application runs here and that application goes here. You know, like a, like a traffic director here, um, and and certainly there there are those cases where where an application may be low cost and and move to, uh, move off to the e course uh, statically um, uh, by the operating system. Uh, but the magic of Thread Director is that it actually can take um, all of the all of the work that's coming in, all the various threads that one application or then many applications may have. And in that moment, uh, based on the actual instruction mix that's coming in, have the proper assignment. Um, so it's, it's very dynamic and granular. And this is what enables us to, to really provide a, a high quality of service for your performance tasks when you're, when you're on the go, maintain responsiveness. That's interesting. So if, as you said, benchmarks don't capture that the greatest, uh, what do you think would capture that the greatest? Yeah, it's 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 a great question. Um, we we do some of that verification in our in our Evo program um, through the <laughs> through the responsiveness and battery life testing we do. So that that's probably the the, the closest thing we have or the best way that we have benchmark it. And it's why we're so so excited about uh, the new Evo laptops we have coming out this year with twelfth gen. Yep. Well, actually, we have a question from Mayura to Silva. Uh, so, uh, where can we get hands on the Thread Director visualizer? They've only seen it in Intel live streams. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check in on the uh, on the visualizer. I know we we were doing some work on that. I'm not exactly sure the uh, the state of our uh, be fun. of our visualizer application, but uh, we'll, we'll have to check in on that one. Yeah, I think because people would love to see it because they kind of want to see what what's going on under the hood. That's always been an enthusiast, you know. RPM temperature gauges in the dashboard kind of thing. So yeah, and, and Guy had some nice demos on that earlier in the year or last year, um, um, sh- showing showing in the real time uh, real time application of Thread Director. It's it, you know it can happen in microseconds too, right? So it's often not so straightforward to visualize. But uh, yeah, it's just but, a bunch yeah. of flashing lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is which is really an important feature of the of the technology, right? That it's not static, it's not rules based. It's actually providing a, a low, a really low-level telemetry straight from the core back into the operating system, so that like instantaneously you can make the right decision about where this where this uh, this thread should be running. Cool. Also, uh, I have another result just to to give the we're reporting another result from the all important state of Cinebench R twenty. Uh, it's a little bit older than R twenty three, but a lot of people still use it. So this is a great point of reference. Uh, you can still download this for free, run on your laptop. Uh, the score. For the core i nine twelve nine hundred HK is sixty seven fifty one, and let me just give you for comparison uh, a core i nine eleven nine eighty HK. I have uh, two different scores from two different laptops because you always get a little little bit of difference from you know unit to unit. But one was uh, forty nine ninety two, the other one was fifty two thirteen in Cinebench R twenty multi multi threaded performance. And also for for comparison, a Ryzen nine fifty nine hundred HX is I'm showing a score of fifty seven twenty five. So, dang, that's pretty good. Oh, is the Alder Lake one again? Alder Lake is six seven five one on multi threaded and seven two six. Well, we'll use their term. Multi core is six seven two one six seven five one and seven two six for single core. So. 
That's that's pretty decent. That's again Cinebench R20 with the Quora nine twelve nine hundred HK. Wow, R20 uh, I believe is a bit more bursty, right? Shorter running, so it's a bit more PLT bound than the yeah. R23, a bit more PL1 bound. Yeah, you know, I I like that though because it you know at least yeah. it sort of gives you one one run. But yeah, definitely the ten minute run versus you know it used to take quite a while, but now it's running so. R20 is like over in the blink of an eye, so it's kind of crazy, right? But uh, both important attributes of the chip, right? So you want to have um, uh, ability to burst really aggressively, like both single and multi-thread, to, to to provide that responsiveness. And also, it's actually part of being um, part of delivering great battery life too. Is you, in, in many cases, you want to you know race to idle. You want, you want to get the work done as quickly as possible, and then and then get idle. So that that's a really important aspect of uh, of the design. And then also efficient performance at PL1, 35 or 45 watts in an H-series. So long-running, thermally saturated, um, smooth, efficient operation. That actually brings another question that I had, actually. Uh, it's just as far as all that. Uh, in you guys' as one of your CES slides, you compared the power performance of the 12900HK to the M1 Max and showed the 12900HK very much ahead. Uh Different than some your of these expectation, sli- uh, Brad, or not necessarily different than my expectation, but certainly different from some folks' expectation. Now, just wondering if you could shed a light, kind of how you guys got those numbers, what sort of tests you use, because there's always questions around that when you just see these graphs flashed at presentations, real quick. So I was wondering how sure. you guys got those numbers. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we. So we put all of the information there in the uh, actually even on the slide and and in the appendix as well to so you can see exactly what was run, the configuration, the thermals, um, the compiler version, the memory. Um, so all that information is available. But in general, we just we we just essentially went out looking for the 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 best benchmark that we could show to 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 show this. So. In, Spec is is a good one. It's it's got many levels of sensitivity. It's it's a sort of an index of multiple tests, uh, so it gives a, a nice look at uh, multi-thread performance uh, per watt. Uh, so we we ran with the best configurations we could find in the market, whatever was the absolute highest performance for all the various architectures, and use the highest performance compiler for all the architectures. So we tried to do as uh, as fair of a look as we could. And actually, you know, do you want to pull that slide up, Adam? Oh, the yeah. That which was slide? at CES uh, 2022 just a... Oh, my God. Was that a week ago? I can't remember. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you talking about the one you had me uh, look at? Look yeah, yeah. Here? It's it's right. very interesting because it has all the, the power performance curves because it does feel like um, it's... There's definitely... I guess once we see it on the screen... Oh, no. No, that's that not the right one. It's the one that has the power uh, Oh, okay. All one. right. Uh, but give, me, it, give me a second. Yeah, no, it's I'm just because it looks like actually. I mean, you got to everybody has to give Apple credit. The M1 Max is impressive at that sort of lower lower efficiency, but it looks like Alder Lake really sort of rocks its world when you you sort of push those high TDPs. There we go. I found it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pulling it up now. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Honestly, I can't remember what it looked like. It's, it's it's been like a year ago. But you so you you know for audio listeners, you sort of see the M1 Max, your relative performance sixty five percent, and then up to what maybe one hundred and five percent, one hundred and ten percent, and then and then we sort of see twelve nine hundred K all the way from maybe thirty twenty eight watts all the way up to about seventy five watts. I mean one hundred and fifty percent. Uh, increase for 12900k at that very very high end of the scale yeah and with the 12900k 
because it's of course Intel measurement, right? We have the luxury of running that on a, what we call an RVP or our reference board. So we have a you know an open chassis. We can very specifically control exactly the power to generate that curve. Oh, nice! Um, it's kind of a nice view. It shows the operating range and the capability of the chip. So you can see its its operation or its performance at PL one or our, what we call our base power, or previously TDP. There's many terms. Um, and you can see how it's how that scales um, during during the turbo range or for systems that are very richly provisioned, right? That can actually sustain above the uh, the base power specification. And the and spec, I mean, you ran spec here. All the, the of course, all the details are published. Um, it, does everybody still? Because I mean, you go to the spec website and they they're, they have a you know big quote there where you know I think the beacon of truth for thirty years is everybody still agree that spec is sort of like the the test you need to to prove everything your performance in or i mean i'll let other people speak for everyone but you know for us um yeah we use it for core development certainly uh we also use it for uh for power performance characterization as you see here uh it's nice to provide you know it's multiple tests which is always a good thing in benchmarking takes a broad view so it's not just you know one or the other uh here it's all the integer tests um you know as as we could compile oh okay uh also i have oh good adam i was gonna say one thing i like about that slide uh, in addition to showing that power performance scaling, is it shows just the flexibility of what you can do with the Intel processors. Even though I don't work for Intel, I find it cool. If you're looking at it like the M1 Max, it ranges from like 17 watts to 35 watts. The 12900HK, you can get as low as 25, 28 watts all the way up to 75 watts, which there's nothing else that has that kind of flexibility, which, again, just speaks to, you know, what makes the PC so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the the scalability or the the the, the design range of what's possible with with twelfth gen, mm-hmm. and as I mentioned earlier, like some some systems, some some of our partners will choose to really, you know, chase the tail up there and offer that absolute top end premium performance experience, which is awesome if that's what you're looking for. If you're if you're a workstation guy or a gamer and that's what you want to go get. 12th gen does that uh, better than anything. Um, if you're if you have a different uh, different need, right, you can run very efficiently 35, 40 watts. Okay, I have. We got to wrap it up soon, Gordon. Oh. So yeah, if you got any pressing benchmarks in there, let's get them in. Oh, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about Procyon. So we have a score from UL Procyon that uses Office uh, Productivity, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook. Uh, we got a score of seventy one twenty nine. For the core i nine twelve nine hundred HK, I in fact ran this last night on a uh, core i nine eleven nine eighty HK, and it was sixty six ninety three. So again, this is pretty lightly threaded workloads. Pretty much not exactly the sexiest thing in the world, um, but that's that's pretty decent. And I actually I'm actually surprised because I mean basically in my test last night the Ryzen nine fifty nine hundred HX and the eleven nine eighty were pretty dead even so basically 6788 for the ryzen versus 6693 for the you know uh 11980 and here we're looking at 7129 so pretty fair yeah that's sort of a mixed mixed threaded application low threaded application i think it's you know one two four threads something like this if i remember correctly so it's kind of a different end of the spectrum right here we're showcasing more of the uh the ipc uh the improvements from the p cores and then the nice thing about it is it is multitasking because it does sort of like Switch between applications, and let me just grab this cross mark score. Gordon's trying to hurry and get in as many benchmarks as he can before we go. Uh, I, I did have a question. Sorry, I had stepped away for a second. Um, uh, oh yeah, a flash photo. A friend of the show asked, uh, "Will will there be a difference of battery runtime between Windows 10 and Windows 11?" 
that that that's a good that's a good question. Um, Windows 11 in general will give a more uh, consistent um, consistent run to run performance, so a little bit less variation. Hmm. It'll definitely optimize uh, performance as well. Um, but it but it will because of our our work with uh, with Microsoft on Intel Thread Director, it, it will offer also a bit more of a of a consistent uh, user experience across the board okay. uh, in power performance. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, These have all been uh, good results for Alder Lake, obviously. That's why I'm sure you wanted to come on here and show it. But uh, the most eye opening probably result for me so far out of everything Gordon has said is the fact that Cinebench score going from 10th gen to Alder Lake 12th gen, uh, going from 400 something score in 10th gen all the way up to 726, I think he said here in 12th gen. That's that's a pretty big, significant difference in just two generations of you know mobile processors. It's a lot of compute packed in the chip, so we're real proud of it. Um, that's one way to benchmark. Also, you know, folks that are doing 3D rendering or you know really intensive modeling applications, scientific applications. Um, uh, if if you need that level of compute, Alder Lake is Alder Lake is is going to be really impressive this year, I think. Nice, uh, Gordon. Anything to to glean from what you what you've seen so far? I'm I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, actually, this is huh. This is so I have a cross mark score for the uh, twelve nine hundred HK. Look, I'm getting it. Uh, Nineteen seventy five is the overall score, and compared to. Um, uh, an eleven nine eighty sixteen twenty five, okay. That's that's actually very decent. I've I've not run Crossmark, but uh, you can. It's free in the Windows Store if you want to run it. Uh, we just get, want to give a little love today. But also for a Ryzen nine fourteen fifty, so nineteen seventy five for uh, for twelfth gen, very nice. And we are just now running um, Geekbench. Should I read it off? Because that is the most important <laughs> score, as we know. That is. Yeah. I think we're going to turn it. I I wish. We had a little more time, but I, I, I definitely let's let's talk about Geekbench. We are showing internet because that's the only thing you care about. Uh, we are showing a single core score of eighteen ninety nine. This is just one run, so obviously we are just kind of screwing around here. You should definitely <laughs> do multiple runs, reboots, all that stuff. But who cares? It's the internet. Just in fact, just use that score eighteen ninety nine single core, uh, thirteen thousand three hundred and seventy five. For multi-core, I I don't think I have a Geekbench score, frankly, for other laptops. But is that good? <laughs> we'll we'll let the internet decide. We'll let the internet decide because you want you want to. Oh wait a minute, do I? Oh wait, maybe I do. Uh, I, the super I, chats decide, right? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think what one last thing too. Uh, a question from from Ruru too. Uh, do we have to wait another year for Intel GPU in laptops? Yeah, well, we have some nice news uh, coming out of CES. So I think Lisa did a nice job uh, giving a bit of a preview, some of the interesting uh, features coming with uh, with Intel discrete GPUs. So, so yeah, we we expect to ship uh, many of our our twelfth gen H series systems with uh, with Intel with Intel graphics this year. It should be really exciting. Uh, and I do actually. I I guess I did run it. Uh, I can give you so a Core i nine eleven nine eighty HK is uh, ninety four eighty nine and sixteen fifty seven for single threaded. Versus thirteen, thirteen three seven five and one eight nine nine, and for a Ryzen nine fifty nine hundred HX, uh, I'm showing a single single core of fourteen ninety two and eighty five forty two for multi core Geekbench five. Nice, pretty good. Nice. So yeah, what do you think, Gordon? From from what you've seen, just you know, quickly running these benchmarks. Ah. Uh, 
It's, you know, obviously it's, it's you know, pretty impressive, right? We I mean, I, I think we sort of saw where it was going with 12 cores versus previous parts. Your previous parts are 8 cores, 8 cores for AMD. That core density definitely just helps you on some of those those heavy heavily threaded tasks and then the improved p cores um really pay off dividends on the lightly threaded stuff so i wish we had time to run you know a web expert we'll, we'll try to run that offline but no workload left behind this year Gordon. <laughs> it's yeah you know and i guess you know the the big question everybody's got to wonder is you know you know how do you do this or power constraints and then you know what each vendor can do do on power but that's you know and thermals so we, we do have questions about thermals uh, you know and, and, and that they can't hear the fan noise i will say these are radio mics you know the, the, like it, it's, it's meant to be very much on the mic so you probably won't hear it even if it is spinning up but i mean i, I can hear it over here i mean it's not not anything wild yeah no and i will say you know the ge76 has been um kind of a swing for the fences kind of laptops these don't seem as offensive sometimes you you hit the gpu you're anytime you're putting 160 170 watts through a cooling on a graphics card it's it's not going to be quiet so yeah these they're built for ac operation right yeah. uh, they have yeah you know, really impressive high-end capability um but yeah we'll have lots of laptops to check out as we go throughout the year and i we're, we're getting near the end I, I wish i had more time but again we're just messing around here wait for results but clearly 12th gen is fast i got a question on batteries because sure I mean, because one of the limits that every laptop maker has is 100 watts is the maximum you can bring on a plane. Is it something TSA or governments can ever look at? Well, maybe we can increase it. To, is that's just never? That's just way too. Yeah, I, I can barely speak for Intel, let alone the government. Okay. But um, <laughs> that, that's my understanding as well. Is is that it's uh, there, there's a regulatory issue there? So so yeah, I I, I believe the system. It's a uh, 99 watt hour is my understanding. Yeah, I just kind of wonder if it's get sort of sorted time where they go like well maybe 150 watts in the laptop but maybe ac on a plane is kind of fix that issue so but yeah no this is this has been awesome um phew. any last gonna, remaining questions you're gonna <laughs> call of, the election uh gordon here i well you know keep us overnight i i think we can you know we're gonna we'll have to wait uh you have to wait for the the final tally by uh, independent reviewers uh, that have been appointed namely the high and mighty and righteous news media uh such as us hardware reviewers for to to buy stuff but clearly it's pretty fast right this is most of these scores are like pretty rocking i mean it's 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 no joke, right? And, you, and again, this is my last question. Actually, this is my real last question, Dan. Right. And I, I understand it can be sensitive, but at CES, Intel said 12th Gen Alder Lake was the world's fastest mobile processor. Or is that I think the, the verbiage? I think ever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ever, yeah. Period, and then ever. Period. I put the periods myself. How do you like <laughs> marketing guy? Because I I kind of figure. As a, lawyers just don't like like you can't say stuff like that unless is it can you ever talk about that process what it's like because to make that boast you got to be here's my numbers and is that what it can you talk about some of the process at all or is the lawyers gonna be like uh uh no I mean we take we take it seriously right like so um in our in our in our architecture phase and as we went through execution and now as we're bringing the product to market 
um, we're really proud of what we're delivering here. So there's a lot went into this. There's thousands of engineers all across the company, all across the world that, you know, they've put significant portion of their life into this. Um, and we're really proud of it. So yeah, we're excited to get it out here. It's great to bring it in here today. Bring a little Vegas here to, uh, to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And Louis CS. So, so yeah, we're, we're excited, excited to get it out. And as I mentioned earlier, like we'll start seeing availability a little bit later in the quarter. Cool. And as we know, actually, I guess you can't just go and say, well, we'll get the Geekbench number. That's it. We, we're, 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 we're good. We got to run, run it all. Run it all. Run it all. Actually, one last clarification. Uh, Ruru2 is asking DDR4 or DDR5 in these laptops? Five. Oh, all right. Yeah, these are five, but again, Alder Lake um, member control supports DDR5, DDR4, LPDDR5, and LPDDR4X. So, yeah, and H series, a lot of DDR5. Um, Offer some upgradability too, which is nice. Um, DDR4 for more cost sensitive segments or ent- entry. Um, and then also a lot of LP5 too, which is a little bit new this year. We'll see a lot of H series with LP5 as well, uh, which is great for, for, for battery life, power, bandwidth. Yeah, that's actually going to be really interesting. Creator systems. You know. Because for people who don't know, um, the LP, you know, DDR is a huge power savings, especially in standby over a standard, you know, DDR sodium. So to actually see them in thin and lighter gaming laptops. Might be you might actually get better battery life than you expected. So, hmm. cool, nice, awesome. Any last questions? Or we we got to get out of here. Uh, a couple off-topic ones, but let's let's get out of here <laughs> before we get dive too deep into it. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. So check back next week for your fix of the P. Oh gosh, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. I'm your for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd at peaceworld.com. And also, if you're on one of those services, please do leave a review. Every time you do, Dan fires up uh, StarCraft to play games. Nice. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios. Dan Rogers. Great to be here. Thank you. And Adam Patrick, where is he going to hit the L switch? Dan, it was great having you here. Thank you for bringing the, uh, all the goodies for us to... to yeah, let's do it again when out. we get the thin and light systems. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm super excited for those. Yeah, awesome. And thank everybody to uh, for tuning into the live stream. We will uh, see you next time. Bye.